Is there enough room in this here town for the both of us, cowboy? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we turn the game's spotlight on a game called Bang! About cowboys shooting each other and drinking beer. It's even got an exclamation point in the title. Bang! Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. My co-hosts this week are the familiar Maddie McLean. Hello. And the brand new Coco Lee. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining us, Coco. It's my pleasure. Always good to see you, Maddie. Yes. So, let's uh, let's get into Bang here. It's uh, It does actually have an exclamation point in the title that always inspires confidence in a game. Uh, it was uh, designed in 2002 by Emiliano Sciarra, and uh, it has a spaghetti western theme to it. You guys know what spaghetti westerns are, or are you too young to know about that? I know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tempted to do John Wayne voice, but it's just, I know it won't go well. <laughs> they, they, went, they even went so far as to make it in English with Italian subtitles, the cards. Uh, so th- th- that's, that was the dedication to the theme that they brought into this game. Uh, you've, you guys played Bang, right? Yes. Ish. Okay, <laughs> let's start with Yes. Uh, so we played as a family when I was younger, and I have to say it was one of our gateway games directly after Settlers of Catan. Hmm. Was had... it, it was really popular with your group? Definitely. Yeah. How many players did you usually play with? Uh, six to seven. Yeah. That's pretty much the ideal number for Bang. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit more later. How about you, Maddie? Uh, it is never a game I've played with anyone. I have walked people through it. I know how to play it, theoretically. I've just never played it myself, but I have taught it at the cafe many times. How okay. come? Mainly because I have been introduced to a better game that uses the same mechanics that I enjoy more that we'll be getting into later. <laughs> how could you possibly know that? All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's fill our audience in on what the story is of Bang, those who aren't familiar with it. Uh, obviously, we're going to have guns, we're going to have beer, we're going to have saloons, we're going to have uh, stick-ups, we're going to have all horses, we're going to have all this sort of stuff. How does it all fit together? What, what's, what's this game about? Killing your friends. In this game, you are trying to bang your friends. And that is a joke I make regularly, and it makes everyone at the table when I teach it chatter and laugh, and they're happy. But in this game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to go around and kill everyone else. If you're the not, sheriff... Not everyone. Well, theoretically. If you're the sheriff, uh, essentially everyone has a secret role, mm-hmm. and the sheriff is trying to kill the outlaws. The outlaws are trying to kill the sheriff. There's a deputy in there who's trying to save the sheriff, and there's a renegade who's trying to kill the outlaws and then kill the sheriff. Because they want to be the new sheriff. They want to be the new sheriff. Which which roles did your family prefer, Coco? Uh, there we have a we have a good dynamic of the evil people, the turncoats. Uh, my mom, who just wants to help everybody. Um, <laughs> Does so, she always draw the deputy? Is that just how it works out? I think the one time that she ended up with the renegade, it was a disaster because she just refused. <laughs> she outright refused to kill anyone. She's like, "This is unethical. I refuse." <laughs> so, Not much of a secret role in that case, but it's pretty hilarious, even so. Um, and we always enjoyed. Uh, we have one player in the family who's particularly skilled. He's my brother-in-law, and he typically draws the renegade character, and we always, always gang up on him regardless, whether like whether or not we believe that he's a renegade, we just make sure that he's out first, and then we figure out our situations afterward. That doesn't sound like much fun for him. No, he's really tolerant of our shenanigans. <laughs> well, that's one thing you can count on with families and close friends, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I've, I've always found that it's, it's harder to win as the renegade than it is to win as the others because it's a two-step process. If you're an outlaw, all you got to do is make the sheriff be dead. If you're a, de- a deputy, all you have to do is make the sheriff be not dead. If you're a renegade, you have to kill the outlaws first and then kill the sheriff to sort of take over. And I always have this sort of house rule that I bring in. I always make it so that, um, according to, strictly according to the rules, the, the renegade has to be the last one standing. And that's really, really hard to do. I always explain that, uh, that they don't actually have to kill the deputies. 
Because as we all know from Spaghetti Westerns, all deputies are cowards. And they will work for our new badass sheriff. They, they still lose the game. Because they're very sad. You know, they fail to protect the sheriff, but that happens. Uh, is it an easy game to teach? It has cards that explain things, but never very well is what I always found the issue with it. Did you find the icons were as mysterious as a lot of people did? I really enjoy the icons because I like coded systems. I love mm. games that have a code, like an icon code system. So it really worked for me, but we'd have to get a refresher on it pretty much every time we played. <laughs> right. The, uh, the, the little picture of a beer means you get a life back. The picture of three hats means this happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of different things in there that you had to learn. It's, sometimes it can make it a bit difficult to teach because you always have to refer to what to the rules. Like, how does the dynamite work again? Mm-hmm. It almost has the munchkin system of being like, this is the card. This is what this particular card does. Once you know what that card does, you can use it. But up until then, it's just this weird amalgamation of information that's just being thrown at you. There's a lot of looking up stuff, and you can't really front load it and try to explain everything ahead of time because mm-hmm. it's, it's too much. Let's talk about who we see playing this game in the cafe. Is, is, is it popular? This game is very popular. You see a lot. Of, it, it comes up pretty much every shift I, uh, I work. Yeah, regularly at least two people want bang. Do you ever have to convince small groups of people not to play it? Yes, frequently. <laughs> it's, it's, unless you have a decent mix of roles, the, 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 the complexity of trying to figure out who's on your team thing doesn't really come out. I've seen tables of three try to play it, and I'm just like, you might as well just play when you lose banana. <laughs> it's just that kind of idea. When so is, is it people coming in and asking for it specifically or people who are looking for a recommendation? Many, many groups come in asking for this game, especially bigger groups. Uh, generally, it's a game that a lot of people have heard of and want to play but haven't played themselves. And just the fact that the game has roughly a billion expansions is <laughs> fairly indicative that's really, really popular. The, it's, it's, and it's been around for quite a while, too. I mean, uh, it's 2002. It's been a long time since then. There's been a, that's had a lot of time to accumulate a fan base. It's been 13 years. Uh huh. Holy cow. Yeah, you're old, man. Oh. <laughs> and of course, it's also accumulated some uh, some different uh, applications. So there's the Walking Dead game, which is basically Bang with zombies in it. Now there's uh, Samurai Sword, which is Bang but with samurai and ninjas and uh, katanas instead of revolvers and stuff. Uh, samurai Sword also made a few other changes. Have you guys ever played that one? I haven't played that version, yes. no. Oh, didn't go over too well with you then. Samurai Sword is a game that added stuff that didn't need to be there to a game that already had a lot of stuff going on. The, the special action cards were a lot more complicated, weren't they? Yeah, and it just wasn't very... Personally, I, I found it very much along the lines of, I don't like this game. Mm. I don't like what this game is doing. I hardly like Bang, and this game is just taking this dislike to another level. Why don't you like Bang? I think my big problem with Bang is the card management system. Mm-hmm. Because too many. I, I have this weird problem with board games where I'll either be really, really fortunate or unnaturally unlucky. <laughs> like, I, I've played a round of hotels where I didn't land on a single thing. Impressive. It's, it's impressively unimpressive, is I think <laughs> the technical term. But with Bang, I just, whenever I would try to play it, I just ended up getting nothing but cards that I couldn't use mm. and just dying right away. I've had especially in the late game. You can actually die in Bang before you get to start your first turn. Yes. That can happen. I'm sure it happened plenty of times, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing is that towards the late game, you can have a fair number of turns where you, just, you draw two cards and nothing much happens. And that, that was something that uh, sort of slowed down, especially given that players have been eliminated by then. Samurai Sword tried to fix this by not eliminating players. Instead, you're scoring points by getting kills. 
thing is there, though, you can basically be out of the game, out of the running, but you still have to keep playing. And uh, to me, that wound up not really being much of an improvement, in spite of the fact that it's you know had really nice art, had all these components and stuff. Uh, there's another thing that's kind of hard to not talk about when you're talking about Bang, and that is certain aspects of cultural insensitivity that are present in there. Um, I are you talking about the the racial stereotypes along the lines of the Washington Redskins? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the, the, Again, the uh, Emilio Sciarra, the, the, the initial publishing company, these are all Europeans, and they're farther away from the racial issues that exist here in North America. That's not to say that North American publishing companies are innocent of the same crime. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But when you play a card and it says Indians with an exclamation point on it, and that means everybody's getting attacked. You know, if you're sitting there near somebody who might actually be First Nations, I think that might make for an awkward moment. Well, I would hope have, so. <laughs> we even have several people at the cafe who are of that heritage. So, mm-hmm. and just like, how does that make them feel when they have to teach a game that has that as elements in it as well? Mm-hmm. I've, I've never actually had the chance to speak uh, directly about this. Have you guys uh, ever, ever had that conversation? Once or twice, yeah. Yeah, I've had the conversation with friends, but never specifically with regards to this game. And I think I'm thankful never to have had to broach it with a customer because it is uncomfortable. I think having it having it in stock and teaching it and recommending it as a fun game when it does include this like highly problematic element. Yeah, I, although it is later fixed in another edition, which we will be getting into later. <laughs> there are a lot of things that get fixed in that one, aren't there? You know, I don't think I've ever actually recommended Bang because I've, I've taught it a bunch of a bunch of times. But uh, the people who are most interested in it, they already know. Or at least they've heard of it, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, that's that's where they're going for. And the rules aren't necessarily long either. No, as long as you don't have to explain all those fiddly exceptions. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is you have to explain the rules and then say, okay, here's the section of the rule book that contains all the fiddly bits that are going to come up during the game. If something happens, look it up here. And some tables are fine with that; others not quite so keen on it. All right, Maddie, enough keeping us in suspense. What is this new and improved game? Well, Bang, last year released Bang the Dice Game. It was last year, right? Uh, 2012. 2012. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. It's really good. Actually, no, wait. It was... Uh, darn it. Didn't write the dates down. But it was close to that. Close Time to flies that. when you're rolling dice. Yes. And when you're old. <laughs> <laughs> bang the Dice Game essentially takes all of the fiddly bits of Bang and throws it out the window and replaces it with just nice... Smooth gameplay that's easy to get into and just makes it twice as easy to bang your friends. So (laughs) in this game, instead of having all these cards and all these weapon things, you just have a gun. And it can shoot either people sitting beside you or people sitting two spaces away from you. You still have the beers that heal you. You still have... Still uh, the rolls. You still have the rolls. Sheriff, deputy, outlaws, they all work the same way. And now it just works on Yahtzee rules where you roll the dice three times and if you get... A certain reaction, then you get to keep the cards. Or you get to keep the results and do the actions that are associated. We talked about King of Tokyo in the game spotlight not long ago. This uses that same glorious roll, re-roll, re-roll thing. Mm-hmm. Where if you rolled three times and you still didn't get what you wanted, it feels like fate has basically decreed, yes, this is what is happening on your turn. <laughs> uh, you feel a little bit less helpless than just drawing two cards and, well, I guess I can't do anything there. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's always something you're usually able to do. Even if it's blowing yourself up or just giving everyone else a bullet point. But it also takes away a lot of the racial insensitivity by no longer depicting certain minorities in terrible, terrible ways. Right. So the images are a little bit less offensive, but the game mechanic of the Indians is still there? Uh, the mechanic is still there. The way I explain it is this. One of the six faces of these dice that you roll has a picture of an arrow on it. 
and in the middle of the table there are nine uh, cardboard arrow tokens. Doesn't matter how many players, there's always nine of them. Every time you roll one of those arrows, you have to take an arrow token and put it in front of you. It doesn't matter whether you're going to re-roll that die or not. Each time one comes up with an arrow, you take one. And I, when I explain the game, I always say this represents how uh, annoyed the locals are with your presence on their land right now. Hmm. And uh, when all the arrows are gone from the middle of the table, they attack. When, when the last arrow is gone from the middle of the table, everybody has to take all the arrows that they have, put them back in the middle, and you lose one life for each arrow that you put back. So, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it, 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 I guess it feels more like there's some agency there. And it feels as though you're reframing it as a, as a you are invading someone else's land and someone mm-hmm. else's rights. And so you are paying the consequences for doing so, as opposed to it just being a random, like, oh, psych, you, you, you messed up. Those, those, those savages are attacking. Yeah. Everybody defend yourselves. Yeah. It's, it feels less like that. I mean, I, I, I don't know that the game really reframes it that way, but it seems to make sense for me because not all players are equally subject to these attacks. Only the ones who've been rolling a lot of these arrows. Are people that you're teaching the game to sensitive to to the way that you're expressing that, or is it? They usually chuckle a little bit uncomfortably at mm-hmm. that point, uh, but I I don't apologize for it. I think I think it makes a certain amount of sense. I think it also increases the verisimilitude of the game. It gives them something to sort of wrap their brain around. It. What do all these arrows mean? Oh, that's what it means. And this is why I should be nervous about that. Mm-hmm. There's also a Gatling gun in there as well, with uh, with, uh, with with a blue burst symbol on there. And if you get three, if you get one or two of those, it doesn't do anything. But if you get three of them, then you get to go. You Gatling gun everybody. They all lose one life except for you, and you get to put all your arrows back in the middle of the table. Which is one thing I've always kind of had a little bit of an issue with. Because just like the way I how are those the, arrows going back? The, the way I reframe that one is uh, the natives are not going to go up against a Gatling gun because they are not stupid. Fair. That is fair. That's my explanation for it. That is much better than, yes. You having capped all of them. I, I, I kind of wish this were something that I didn't have to invent something for. I mean, it makes sense to me. And maybe that's what the designers had in mind to begin with. I don't know, though, because the rulebook doesn't say. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that's the dice game. It, it moves faster. Every turn matters. It's a shorter game. Uh, if you get eliminated, you're not going to be out for as long. Every turn, you get to do some damage. Some serious stuff is going to happen. There's more direct interaction. The beer side means you can regain a life for yourself or cause somebody, anybody else at the table to regain a life, which means there's more cooperation. Nice. Mm-hmm. There's more helping people as well as more hurting people. And more means of fooling people into thinking you are playing a role that you're not. Absolutely. Yes. And um, the other thing, too, is that because we don't have a deck of cards with all these random things, your individual character role has a much more dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. Each of the individual players, you know, whether you're Willie the Kid or Rose Duhon, or there's all these different sort of Western archetypes. Blackjack. Calamity Jane, Blackjack. They're all in there. Each of them has a, um, in, in the original Bang, the card game, those roles have a fairly minor effect. In this game, they have a big effect which has a much stronger uh, impact on how you're actually going to wind up playing. So that's the other reason why I never recommend bang the card game anymore is because the dice game did bang so much better than that. I would agree with that. What do you think? Are you going to bring to bang the dice game to your family next time? I'm tempted. It sounds way cooler. But now what am I going to do with my awesome giant tin bullet thing? Oh, you got the bang the bullet thing we with did. all the expansions. We did. Before we go, which, which expansions did, you, did your family like the best? Because there are so many of them. I wish that I could remember. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's been so long since we played. There was Dodge City. There was High Noon. Those are the big ones. High Noon, High Noon rings a bell. Uh, um, Gold Rush was the one that just came out. We wouldn't have played any recent ones. I'd okay. say it's got to be at least four years since we've played. But did, did, did you find that it enriched the game? Was, were they worth having? I think if anything, it just it gave us something else to think about so that it was a new way of playing the game. But I, variety. I, I'm not sure if it, if it added anything other than just a new challenge. 
All right, that wraps it up for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast. There are going to be a lot of games going under the spotlight this season, which means there's a good chance we'll actually do an episode about the games that you request. Coco, Maddie, thanks so much for joining me. Adios, pilgrim. (laughs) How can I top that? Thanks, guys. Snake's Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on. Game on.